where we go. That's outstanding. Like a farmer in his team. We are an ecosystem of things and ideas. I could pick up some more big words like portmanteau and soliloquy. My middle name is innovation, and my other middle name is paradigm shift. Carry on, James. Carry on. We're going to serve up some juicy stories like a hot plate of pancakes. All right. It's time for another edition of the Channel Futures podcast, Coffee with Craig and James. I am the editorial director of Channel Futures, Craig Galbraith. Joining me, as always, our senior news editor, Mr. Anderson. Mr. James Anderson. James, how are you? Craig, uh, I'm doing well. You know, um, got a lot to be thankful for. I'm coming off about with COVID last week that uh, took took me out of operations. So I'm back up and running. And you know that at the end of a cold where you actually like you don't have a sore throat anymore, you don't have chills anymore, and you feel maybe a little bit snuffy, but but you feel you feel very centered. It's that good part at the end of a cold. You did you say that? did you say stuffy or snuffy? Because I if said you said snu- snuffy, it made me think of Mr. Snuffleupagus from uh, Sesame Street. I did Remember say snuffy. Big bird. Snuffy. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if I meant to say that. I don't know how I meant to say that. It's leftover brain fog, you know. I in all seriousness, we're we're glad you're okay. I know I think it was Wednesday of last week. You were you were suffering a little bit. You you got on our uh wednesday edit call and i think uh there was some concern that either you'd been hit by a truck or that maybe you were in some uh, serious trouble over there but you're such a trooper you you got on video got on video anyway well i like seeing you all your smiling faces are like a medicine to my soul so (laughs) i mean that's a factor um and i it was honestly wednesday was rough uh but i never had like trouble breathing um just was like just chills and feeling weak um and then the you know from the 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 rest of the time the only thing i felt came from the pax lovid medicine that i took on wednesday which was basically like there was a chemical experiment going on in the back of my throat that caused everything in my mouth to taste like IPA that had been left in a burning hot car for the for the last week and sprinkled with melted copper and vomit. It was interesting. Oh. Interesting taste. Oh yeah, that that's not good. I I I know and I can't speak from experience because I while I still contend I've probably had COVID at some point and just not had symptoms because I, I tend to think everybody's probably had it. Um, I know a lot of people have had that issue with the taste. I don't know if it's exactly the same as, as what you had. A lot of people kind of lose their uh, taste for, for a while, but uh, you were dealing with something there. Just glad, glad you're doing okay, buddy. Thanks, man. Yeah, y'all are, y'all are really good, good, good to me. Give me, uh, give me ample time to rest. So, uh, you know, um, feeling good to go, trying to, trying to, trying to make it up to you all. So, you were you were still plugging away, especially once you got to Friday. I was I was in that brain fog. I, I sent Edward the uh you know I, I sent Edward on a, raw, a a merry goose what goose chase hunt. I gave him like the wrong time for a meeting, 
and I was like trying to coordinate, but you know, I, I, yeah, I appreciate that. I don't even know if that was you. I think it could have been me. I, I, I don't know at this point, but uh, he survived whether the brand survived. So uh, all is good. All is good. Um, and how are you? I, you know, I'm doing well. Uh, sort of the other thing uh, that has happened since uh, we last did a podcast was that I, I hit a bit of a milestone uh, birthday. Uh, I think you're you're aware of. Yeah, it was a big one. I finally I finally got to 30. I'm only only a couple of years ahead of you now. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. 30 is 30 is the new 20. So yeah, you're no, enjoy it, was, it. It, was, it was 30 plus 20, uh, I'm afraid, my friend. But uh, I'm feeling good. You know, 50, the 50 is going to wear well on me, I believe. I mean, I've been shaving my head for years. So I've already got that taken care of, right? So uh, oh, yeah. we got, uh, you know, a 50, uh, 50 plus is going to be an exciting decade for me. That's that's what I got going. Yeah, you're going to crush it, Craig. I mean, I I only knew you in your 40s. And you killed it in your forties, <laughs> like. Um, so I expect fifty to be, you know, as we would say in the channel, just like building on a, a building on a foundation of success, and yeah. continuing to to drive rapid growth. My my ecosystem and my mind share are going to flourish oh. over the next ten years. Double digit exponential mind share growth mind chart growth now that we've covered all the buzzwords um you know another thing i'm planning on crushing it on and i don't want to bore our audience here but it seems like every fall at least once we bring this up is our greater informa or channel futures and re retired channel futures uh folks are in a fantasy football league um and as we record this on a monday September 18th, I am pleased to say that I have uh, I have landed 2-0 uh, through this week. I, I've got a player going tonight, but I, I don't need him to perform well because I've, I've already got the victory. Your squad, how are we doing with it? Um, I lost the I lost the first week on that final um, punt return from the Jets. Yes, the Jets game. Uh, you lost so, by yeah. uh, you lost by it was one of those killer bad beats. You lost by a yeah. fraction of a point, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was painful and unnecessary. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but what are you going to do, right? I lose. I, I don't know. I, 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 I always lose the first few games in our league, and I'm always scrambling to get back. And um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not – I'm not – I'm not firing on all cylinders. And It was the know, brain fog. I, I I guess I guess I guess I had COVID at that point but didn't know it yet but oh geez. So. um you know, and this this week I've got the lead again um I just find that these Monday night games like hmm. if you Good have the, the player on Monday night like they just tend to overperform and and so having a lead on Monday night but having no players that that worries me so well, you know, I had a friend years ago who told me, and at the time I thought, oh, that's just a bunch of bunk. But his theory was that the players actually perform, tend to perform better, especially the offensive players on Sunday and Monday nights, because they're just that much more in the spotlight being the only game on. So, you know, 
take it for what it's worth, but uh, that could be that could be the case. There could be something there. Big big performances on on Mondays. Yeah, and it's it's also that well maybe the good teams are the ones that are playing in prime time. Mm, yeah, uh, but you know it, it was yeah, but but uh, but enough armchair speculation on my part. <laughs> You know, I wish That's you right. uh, congratulations on your two wins, Craig. That's, that is impressive. This is a very competitive league. It is, yeah. There's nobody. There aren't any uh, doofuses that we just kind of welcomed in who don't know anything about football. We got uh, we got some people who know what they're doing, and they're smart on the old waiver wire. For any of you who are familiar with playing fantasy football, there there aren't a lot of players out there who get uh, you know sneak under the radar, and people pick them up as soon as it looks like somebody is going to be good. You know, somebody grabs them and, and it, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Very frustrating. Yeah. But you're but, a very but, skilled player. You're a very skilled player, my friend. And I, I trust uh you've had some bad luck at times, but I trust you're gonna you're gonna win this week and then you're gonna have a big seed. Thanks, my friend. You know, it's it really underscores the importance of believing in yourself, doesn't it? Like yes, we're at a real junction right now, and I've got to oh, believe absolutely. In yeah. yeah, it's none of it's you know, none of it's luck. It's all about believing in yourself and, and the skill. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. <laughs> all right. What do we, uh, let's get down to business. Oh, what do you say? Yeah. What are we, we yeah. going to talk about? Yeah. Let's, let's, how about, how about we, we get into, into the real, the real brass tacks, as it were, the, um, the channel futures leadership summit. And um, I say, depending on when you publish this one, Craig, uh, a month out, a month and a week no, out it's gonna out? be uh we're probably about six weeks this is gonna post during the next couple of days Ooh. uh so we're looking uh roughly six weeks right yeah Staying six weeks away from you me and all of our channel friends converging in miami yeah welcome to miami as the song goes right it's that will smith back in the day something like that welcome to Miami. yeah i know um, yeah, so let's get to it then, uh, my friend. Uh, a lot has been added to the agenda uh, since we last addressed our loyal casties. Uh, why don't you kick us off with one? What do you got? Yeah, so I'm going to um, uh, be giving rapt attention on the first day at the Women's Leadership Summit. We got um, Jilly Aliotti. She is a C-level executive at, um, from companies like PayPal, Google, Paramount and some other big name companies. And she has a session called the, make sure I say this right, the Entrepreneur Zone. Her. Entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, you gotta love the puns, Craig, right? Like I love puns. Anyone yeah. who listens to this podcast or watches it uh, week to week knows that we love puns. Yeah, you have to have them. So she is a rock star. She's going to share some of the lessons that she's learned navigating the um you know shark infested or rather male 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 dominated um to to you know, sort of complete that that metaphor um waters of corporate america in no doubt some uh some stories for sure to share yeah male infested waters male infested podcasts that's what we're looking at here but fortunately later on in the podcast we're going to be inviting some ladies in so uh, we'll balance things out a little bit. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good. I'm trying to think of like a pun for like a mailbox. Like I like a m- mail infested box. Like when I came home from 
uh travel recently like i had a male infested box mm. never yeah. mind that mailbox so, can get can get full uh, when you've been gone yeah but there wasn't any water in it so never mind yeah. me. all um, right uh <laughs> he's still recovering folks <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so Jilly, definitely a great uh, speaker, James. Uh, she is going to be talking about things like imposter syndrome. We've heard uh, discussions around that before. Uh, how to make workplace decisions that come from a position of power and in a very audience-friendly uh, presentation. She's going to offer up her 10 steps to grow in your career. Obviously, something uh, just about anybody could take advantage of, right? Yeah, I, I am no woman, Craig, but um, I plan to be there. I plan to um, try to learn from that, you know, as well as just um, kind of viewing that from from her, uh, you know, trying to get a, a better sense of, of what some of my female colleagues may be experiencing. Yeah. And uh, so, and that is a question we maybe get from men, Um uh, it's like, um, is this for us as well? And it's, it's, we definitely want you there too. Um, 100%. 100%. Yeah. So, what you got, Craig? Yeah, you're going to be definitely jumping into the entrepreneur zone. I love that. I love that. Uh, okay. So, I'm going to deep, uh, kind of dig, dig kind of deep into the agenda, James, and pull out a conference session around market development funds. You know, mm -hmm. this is always a compelling topic. You've written about it to quite a bit. We've got a panel led by our own Debbie Kane, uh, who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago, James. You might remember if your brain fog uh, didn't set in, in too much. Um, yeah, there you go. Okay. And we have a great group of partners also who are going to talk about the challenges that partners uh, face when trying to plan and use these funds. You know, they're out there. We've been talking about it for years, uh, but not always taking advantage of it. But you got to go get them. And this panel is going to help you do just that. How about another one from you, James? Yeah, well, I think that's a fun one. I'm I'm glad we got a panel on, on MDF. And um, I mean, if I have time, I'm going to sit on that one or at least ask about it. Um, I think that's going to be great. Um, one that I'm uh, at least I'm a track chair for. I'm kind of kind of a little bit moderating is the uh, Technology Advisor 101 Peer Group. So um, in in the spring, uh, this spring, we did a, a awards reception for the Technology Advisor 101, and we're about to launch that award again. Um, but that's sort of the, the, the brand kind of overseeing this other peer group that we're doing in fall, which is really meant to be a meeting of the minds. We're going to have two um, TAs, Eric Ludwig, Darcy Nealon, um, two good friends of mine, two great leaders in the industry who are going to kind of help uh, moderate a discussion, very open discussion on sharing best practices from other agent leaders and everyone kind of sitting together and saying, hey, here's what I'm seeing. What are you seeing? And um, I'm looking forward to that very much. What about yeah, you, well, I was going to say that's fantastic, right? We've done this a couple of times with uh, security. We've done a security peer group and brought some of those folks back and had just a real open discussion. So uh, great to be able to see that you uh, are doing that with some of your uh, tech advisor uh, homies, uh, if you will. So um, otherwise, for me, uh, super psyched to have our channel influencer of the year, Fred Vicola from Kaseya on stage. You know, we had an opportunity to get our other influencer of the year. 
uh, Craig Patterson of Aryaka on stage at the CP Expo back in Las Vegas uh, this past spring. Our own Bob DeMarzo, our esteemed leader, our content director, our boss is going to sit down with him. He loves it when I say boss, kind of like when you call me your boss. Uh, anyway, Bob and uh, Fred are gonna sit down for a one-on-one -on -one discussion on Wednesday, November 1st. Get to go inside uh, Fred's brain just a little bit, uh, you know, talk about one of the biggest stories in the channel in 2022 probably was the biggest channel that being uh the biggest story that being Kaseya's acquisition of Datto. uh fred's a real outspoken dude who's going to participate in what we expect to be a pretty engaging discussion james uh, some great advice yeah. as well yeah for it service yeah. providers in this convo and honestly the question i'm submitting to bobby is hey fred have you and john ham ever been in the same room together and if not, mm, I think he's John Hamm. I think mm, Frank Cole is John That's very Hamm. interesting. Now, if he is, I wouldn't mind hearing a few stories from Hollywood. I mean, the yeah. the Casilla data stuff's great, but you know, throwing throwing some some Hollywood stories, I, I'd, I'd like that. Yeah, right. I just think he looks like John Hamm. I'm I'm saying been saying that for years and i don't feel like people are really listening to me but they'll, they'll believe me <laughs> certainly someday. not because i don't remember you saying that before <laughs> and who would you have told if i hadn't uh hadn't heard it before it's a very niche thing to tell people so yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah. well it's got to come up it's got to come up at the right time you know otherwise you embarrass yourself but you can say it on a public podcast uh no problem <laughs> yeah, you got to expand your reach to different conspiracy theorists and <laughs> all over the internet in the <laughs> nooks and crannies. Uh, all right, other stuff, James, just wanted to bring up uh, we got the Converge meetup again. That's going to happen on the very first night when uh, people are coming into town. I believe that's uh, October 30th. In fact, you and I are going to be there on the 29th because we got uh, got a long flight out there to Miami. So we'll be there a day early. Um, and then, of course, the Miami Vice-themed party is on Halloween, Halloween night. Must be. Yeah, I think it is. Pretty sure about that. That's uh, that's sort of the opening opening party. That's going to be that could be that could be a little crazy. I don't I don't know. I'm not, is... I'm not a huge fan of Halloween, so it concerns me a little bit that uh, people are going to be like all decked out in in crazy costumes. Yeah, and I'm, will people separate the word? vice from miami you know like is it is it a miami vice party or is it a vice party um so and are people gonna dress up as their favorite vice presidents maybe there'll probably be a lot of vice presidents there because there will, in the channel, there being be. a vice being a vice president is actually very important so they basically just have to wear, you know, the guys have to wear a sport coat and the women dresses or something like that. And they look like they look like vice president. Is that what you're right. saying? Right. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> no, I, I think we're going to see if anybody's got like a white, uh, white jacket. You know, Miami Vice was kind of before your time. But if anybody I, I'm sure you're familiar with some of the the, the attire. But uh, I bet we're going to see a few like white, white sport jackets if, uh, if people have them or maybe they'll go out and rent them. I don't know. But uh, like I said in a previous podcast, please, no clowns. Uh, I can't yeah. Do yeah. Yeah. That's None a little of that. much. None of that. No. <laughs> All right, James, uh, let's go ahead and talk about the guests that we have coming up here in the podcast. 
Uh, I'd love for you to sort of intro this, especially since I was doing something. I don't know what I was doing when, when you when you did this interview. And you got really like millennialish, right? You guys were both on your phones, I believe, for this one. So this is going to be interesting to see how this turns out. However, uh, it is a great interview. And uh, I'd love for you to set that up because I, again, was off doing something, whatever. Yeah, Craig, I, I would say there is a, a high level of chaotic energy to this particular podcast. I've, I don't think I've ever done my interviews on a phone. I think it was they, I think it was, I, I think it was mutual. Like my computer decided to die in terms of its stereo at that moment. And they were actually in the same room doing the interview. Um, so I've also wait, wait, they were so I didn't know that they were in the same room as you doing they, are, they were in the same room on the same phone and uh so it's it's a pretty funny funny interview because it's it's uh it, this is a mother and daughter pair who um like when you are in the same room like your your the banter level kind of increases versus if you're in two separate like zoom cells yeah. you know so uh it's pretty it's pretty funny um kind of goes all over the place but uh i really enjoy it uh Zeno was one of the first um agent um technology advisor leaders that i ever um met and interviewed um and so uh as well as being someone who's been running an agency for a very long time and has a unique view on things as, as she's going to describe in the way that they um, do their sales and, or, or, and, and that's, it's a very interesting thing. So I, I thought it was fun. And Zena is going to be speaking at the channel futures leadership summit, the women's leadership summit, um, doing a session on how, what, what goes into founding your own company, your own agency. So I'm very excited about that. Indeed. Another session that is great for just about anybody to attend uh, as well, even though it's part of the Women's Leadership Summit. All right. Good stuff. Uh, you set that up well. You ready to roll roll tape? We're going to do this again. Roll tape. Let's do. Oh, can you do it for a phone? Hey, everybody. Uh, really excited to be joined today. Uh, Craig, Craig had to hop off for a bit, but I get the privilege of speaking with Jody Hassel and Zena Hassel. Um, Jody is the VP and director at ZLH Enterprises, and Zena is the president and CEO. And uh, ZLH is one of the, the mainstays in the channel. They're um, an advisory firm, and, and they can tell you more about that. But um, a really interesting case of an intergenerational partner organization. and. Uh, I'm glad to have you both on the show to talk a little bit more. How are you today? We're good. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm glad we could finally uh, connect for this one. Um, I'd love to just start a little bit with what is ZLH Enterprises? Um, my understanding is it's a fairly uh, multi-decade company. What's, what is the company and what's its background? So it, it is multi-decade, but boy, you, you make that, <laughs> that sounds like a word. It, it's, we've, we've been around for a while. Um, we are carrier agnostic consultants, and uh, we like to call it facilitators uh, to, to enable 
the implementation and management of technology services to business clients. We have a cadre of clients in both the not-for-profit, in the um, real estate management, as well as finance, healthcare. We really touch on all of the verticals. And um, Zena, over the years, my understanding is that the company went through uh, sort of some significant evolutions from, was it a, a CELIC in the past? No, 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 no. I, I had some CELIC experience having uh, founded a CELIC in New Jersey. When that company was sold, I, I began consulting um, and then was sort of doing that on my own with another person, acting as my, uh, uh, as, as my, my, uh, in office customer service rep and then when it looked to be time to expand it was very uh, fortuitous that jody became available yeah so kind of around when did that expansion take place and and uh, jody what did that you know beginning role look like for you and and how did your place in the organization evolve <laughs> Um, so I think it started how long ago? About 12 years ago, I think. Oh, yeah. So there were two times. <laughs> the the first time, not so good. <laughs> the the second time around is the one is the one that we're actually discussing so, here. That was about 12 I, years. I've been in the company now about 12 years. Um, do a little bit of everything. Um, I do more of the um, customer care pricing. Um, work with a lot of our, whether it be sub-agents or um, direct clients on the customer care side. Um, yeah. And not necessarily because I don't know how to do it, but the customers do like Jody's approach and because she comes out of the hospitality industry, perhaps. Um, it, it's always service with a smile. Mm -hmm. And how can we help? And um, couple that with the with the company mantra of never take no for an answer and and it's just a winning combination for Jody. That is really interesting to hear the perspective of someone who's come out of that particular vertical versus I think a lot of um, advisors come out of the telecom vertical and I I would be curious a little bit to hear about Jody your perspective of how how it is similar to working in um, an industry like hospitality, what what are the demands of end customers and the, the needs that they have? I mean, the customer is always right, right? So whether it was in hospitality and, you know, a guest staying in a hotel or if it's a client here, um, you need to make them happy and figure out a way, you know, if they want something and even though you might think it's not feasible, you still need to figure out a way to make the product or the solution work. Um, same thing in hospitality. Um, something might not be available, um, but you have to juggle it and uh, make them happy as well. So, definitely a curve uh, going from the hospitality industry to technology. Um, it definitely wasn't necessarily originally keen, so to speak. Um, 
on learning <laughs> learning the ins and the outs and all of the different nomenclatures and different um, technologies that there are, um, but that has certainly changed uh, in the last uh, 12 plus years. So. But one of the things that she did learn early on is not to assume that she knows less than the person on the other end of the phone, because in fact, depending on who you're speaking to, you may know just about as much as they do. And if you don't have the answer, it's okay to say, hey, I don't, I don't know, but I'll get back to you. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, I think candidly, I know that you know a lot more about it than I do, and I'm supposed to write about it. And there's uh, trying to get better myself at, at just being willing to say when I don't know um, what something is, but also like, you know, with a mix of confidence, I guess, being confidently open about being incorrect, I guess. Um, right. And Jody's not the first person that came to the company that did not have a telecom background um, because that that is what we did at the beginning. Didn't want anybody with the background in the industry because we didn't want any bad habits to break. That is really intriguing to me because I I hear a lot of agencies are um, having a little bit of consternation about where they're going to find their talent, because I think they historically were used to plucking away talent from the carriers. A lot of people would tell me about uh, that Sea Beyond was this great talent farm. Um, and to hear right. you say you're, you're exclusively looking um, outside telecom, and maybe people that have worked on the channel side of, of carriers. That's really interesting to me. Where, where are some of the other places you're finding people? The also the, the other difference though, we're, we're not, I, I assume that most other agencies are looking for sales people. Um, we don't have any internal sales. All of our sales are done organically um, from client referrals or, or sub agents. So everyone that we hire um, it's all it's all support staff. So whether it's um, customer care or you know people opening trouble tickets, um, security, um, more technical resources, but we don't actually have any. We have no sales reps. The only people that do the sales are, us. are yeah. And and even our inside people, you know, when you when you're speaking with your customers, you're finding out well they're opening up a new office or they're looking for additional products. Uh, and if they have happened to forget about us, we remind them that we're there. Um, but yeah, no, the the we don't like the some of the job hopping that that may be uh, prevalent if you hire people from the industry. But if you're looking for talent, and if you look at and if you know the skills that you're looking for. Somebody can come in from another industry, and as long as they have the basic skills that you're looking for, you can teach them the product. The product is VoIP, the product is cabling, the product is internet. Um, I don't think that there's a person, other than perhaps one of our pricing people, who came in with any industry experience mm -hmm. whatsoever. No. Well, but he does back-end stuff, yeah. so he's not customer. Yeah, the he's only not really yeah. Customer yeah, one of our pricing specialists had worked for a carrier, but besides that, yep, nobody had any industry background, 
And we're good with. I mean, Lisa's been with you how long? 15 years? Yeah. So one of my inside people has been with me 15 years. Uh, my my office manager has been with me. He's more six. of an operations manager. Not office manager, obviously. He's been with us six years. Our, our staff is as sticky as our customers. Let's put it that way. That's awesome. Um, and God so, knows, Jody can put up with me for 12 years and I can put up with her for 12. So anything's possible. <laughs> Which is why I work from home. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so Zena, you were kind enough to share um, some insights, some a few stories from your time uh, founding ZLH. Um, years ago in, in a recent article that that we did. And I know you're going to be talking about that at uh, one of our events. I, I would love to hear a little bit about that challenge of founding um, an organization like this. Um, what um, what that is like to launch an agency? Well, way, way back in the day when I launched, um, it was very lonely. There was nobody to get any advice from, and it was, it, it sort of metamorphosized into the agency that it is now, because it started out really as just consulting, maybe a little bit of bill auditing, um, then people would ask, well, what should I do now? Then it went from one agency agreement, and well, if you can have one agency agreement, you can have two agency agreements. And then if you have multiple agency agreements, you really can be carrier agnostic. So that, that's how the whole notion of ZLH Enterprises really came to be. And, and it, was, it was slow because when, when I started it, um, my kids were younger. They, and, uh, and I had the ability to work from home back in those days, although I was sequestered in my basement. I used to have meetings at my kitchen table. And then when and then when it came time to hire someone, that that's when we branched out and got a brick and mortar office. And that gave us then the ability to expand when we needed to hire more people. That's that's really interesting and um it is so fun to talk to the OGs of the space and hear from them how how different it was, like the ability to sell 500 different suppliers, uh, you know, maybe divide that by a factor of, I don't know, 500. Um, so that's, um, that's really interesting. And, and the fact that you were kind of work from home, that that's sort of part of your DNA is also pretty interesting. Well, yeah, you know what? I could go from a phone call to the washing machine to the uh, to the oven. Nobody knew. Yeah, it, it was back in the day before remote work. I guess was popular. That's cool, though. Um, that uh, Jody. I mean, we've Zena has mentioned this before that it is pretty rare in the channel for um, the next generation to stick around um, working with their parents' agency. Um, I can only think of maybe one or two groups um, where 
the kid even even worked there for any amount of time. But um, yeah, what was it like being the child of a channel partner? And um, yeah, not easy. Your, yeah, uh, not easy, which is why it took, I guess, uh, two two rounds uh, for it to actually stick. Um, when I first when I started with her the first time, um, you know, I was still living with my parents. Um, then going to the office, um, it, it was too much. Yeah. So that lasted about a year or two. Um, and then I went back into hospitality, realized that I was working way too many hours, um, making no money. Um, and I figured I no longer live at home. Let's try and do this separation. You know, let's try it again. Um, and I go into the office, you know, a day or two a week, work from home. And it was a little bit easier that way. Um, so no, I mean, if, if I needed to be face to face as much as uh, I love my mother, um, if, if you're too much time when you're working and it, it's, yeah. So you, yeah. you need a little bit of space in order for this, the generational um, to continue, I guess. But she did live me you know so, so sometimes if she needed direction and i i would be very very hard on her hard on on her than anybody else in the office because i didn't i really didn't want anybody to think that there was any special treatment going on so i probably overcompensated and and sometimes how she didn't just you know walk out so i said well what do you do she well i just I just shut my ears and I don't listen to you after a while. <laughs> Basically. But and she, it still happens. But but she did she did hear certain things because she she's doing it right. Yeah. Well I'm glad you were able to find that dynamic that worked um in your kind of workplace balance. Um I would be interested to hear like as people from different generations, do you have do you do you kind of notice like different work styles, different leadership styles? Do you attribute any of those differences to being in different generations? Well, you like to delegate up. I delegate up sometimes. Um, Often. No, I don't know if it's differently. I don't know if it has anything to do with generations. Um, I think it's just personalities. Well, you and, more, and how. I like to manage versus how she likes to manage. Um, but you're you're also email driven, and I'll get on the phone. So I'm old fashioned with pick up the telephone. Jody's more, I would say, more demanding with sometimes email after email after email, and then when I see too many emails, I'll pick up the phone and find out what's going on. Yeah. So I think sure. it's a good balance there. Uh huh. Sina, I'm cu curious if you um, if you talk to some of your peers that that have kids and and maybe they've been running, um, you know, a firm kind of contemporary to you, and and if you talk to them about, hey, why why aren't your kids um, taking up the man the mantle? Do they did they say why that's not happening? I've spoken to a few. Um, one that comes to mind has a very successful agency, um, but 
the, the kids just wanted nothing to do with it. Um, another one has also a successful agency and it, it is a, a mother and daughter, so that's working out well. It, it, it's really just individual lifestyle and individual preference. I don't think that there's a formula that somebody can use that can say, well, this one's going to work and that one won't. What I was just noticing is it, it just seemed like with um, kind of the outside investors entering the space and a lot of people being in the business for maybe 20 years and, and getting to this really successful point, I felt like there was this almost unplanned um, like generational crisis where people realize like, wait, what? Like, what is my long-term future for this company? And, you know, maybe I thought my kids were going to be running this, but maybe I didn't, we didn't talk about that enough. And a lot of people are, are just not in, in the business anymore. And um, I guess, I, I guess how long have you known that this was sort of something that you would have hoped to keep kind of in the family? I think it's been at least seven years. Mm-hmm. When 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 I knew that whatever Jody was doing was going to stick, when mm-hmm. she um, didn't turn me off as quickly as she used to, <laughs> or, or would listen to a couple of things that I would say, she yeah. actually what what I used to call my exit strategy. Awesome. Not so easy for me to leave anymore. Yeah. I don't really have an option. <laughs> That's what happens when you have ownership in a company. Nope, you can't leave. It makes it, uh, yeah, there's some changing. They call it the, uh, the golden parachute. Yeah. 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 Well, awesome. I'm, I'd love to get your thoughts a little bit on the sort of the state of the industry before we close. Um, Anything you see out there that, uh, whether that's with vendors or or TSDs or or customers that you that you think is um, is interesting or noteworthy from a ZLH perspective? Um, I'm going to say my take on it is, and every TSD that works with us knows what's going to come out of my mouth. Whoever gets their commission structure right is going to be the winning team. And from a carrier perspective, I think that the carriers are almost doing, if you want to make the analogy, a skip generation. And I think they're coming down to the sub-agent level more so than the TSDs. And that may not be a popular thing to say, so I don't say it to offend anybody. It's just a um, just something that I see. And f- from your perspective, when when you price the market, what do you what do you see? In pricing down, a lot of the stuff is obviously very commoditized. Um, you know, it's it's who's going to get the cheapest stuff. You know. Everyone likes to say they're bigger, better, you know, but underneath the hood, everything's kind of the same. And the clients, I think, are seeing that and they don't, you know, don't always want to pay, pay a premium for the same service. 
logos aren't worth as much as they may have been worth years ago. Oh, okay. Those are, that was like four or five very good insights. Thank you. Um, and I think, I guess I know people talk about commoditization, but to hear you kind of sharing that sort of boots on the ground perspective is, is really helpful, Jody. And uh, I do I do feel like, I guess that, that shift to looking at the sub-agents ha has different forms for the vendors, but I definitely see a shift in the way market development funds are used. And um, I think a lot of it is just a larger interest in getting closer to the customer, the end customer, I guess, is what the vendors would tell me. Um, but rather than I'm gonna, yeah, and they're gonna get that and, and get closer to the customer. By, by working with the actual agency facilitator, which would be companies like ours. Terrific. Well, is there anything you'd like to uh, say as parting words to the audience? Thank you very, thank you very much for having us. We appreciate it. I, I think it's safe to say that we both enjoy what we do. And even though we get in each other's way, we still enjoy what we do. It, it seems like you two have fun and uh, it's always it's such a fun dynamic when you get people that are in the same room um, who are related to each other and you can kind of or you can kind of imagine like what a, a little bit like what a dinner table um, <laughs> environment is like. And so I, I appreciate the, um, the the glimpse and and for all the many, uh, many insights and uh, and thank you so much for sharing your stories. You're, you're welcome. And one parting thought is whoever has a meeting with us usually gets the Jody and Zena show. <laughs> for so that. We'll bicker we'll back and forth, but at the end of, the, end of the day, it's all good. I love it. Well, Jody and Zena, thank you so much. And uh, it was really a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Right. All right, James, enjoy that conversation with Zena and Jody. Uh, a lot of uh, interesting nuggets in there, looking back at some of her, Zena's history, uh, what to look forward to in the future, some general advice. Um, and another reason I liked it is that you were able to do the whole thing yourself, right? So I can just be <laughs> off doing whatever it was. You did this interview like, I don't know, it's been probably like a month ago because I went on vacation. You had COVID, there was other stuff in between. So I don't even remember what I was doing. Maybe it was when, I think it was before I went on vacation. I have no, I have no clip. You know, we missed you, Craig. We did. <laughs> so, yeah, like two or three weeks ago. Yeah. But we had fun. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a good conversation. I enjoyed it. And it's, and it's always just, it's, as I mentioned on the, on the, the interview, it's just, it's rare for a young person rare for a young person to be um, at a partner organization like that. It's rare for the child of someone leading a partner organization to be in the business. We don't see a lot of that, a lot of that continuation. And then for them to, um, you know, be playing a big role and sort of kind of being the heir apparent. Um, that was pretty cool. And then, um, yeah, and just, just hearing about like Jody was in hospitality and, um, before coming back 
to ZLH. And so that was interesting how some of the things she experienced just doing customer service at, in hospitality transferred pretty well to um, to the channel. Yeah, real channel evolution story. Like you say, we don't we don't see that very often, but uh, super cool, uh, super cool to see somebody younger and, and get them here on the podcast and, and talk about how they're they're getting in the business. Good stuff. All right, James. Oh, did you want to say anything more? I didn't. Oh no, I just said thank thank you. For, that's thank for thanks for your kind words. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk about news of the day. I think we can sort of get it covered in uh, one topic. Um, just this morning, uh, again, we're recording this on Monday, and hopefully you're seeing this podcast uh, at least by Tuesday or Wednesday, so I'm not dawdling. Uh, but we learned about John Delosier, right? Uh, one of the biggest names in the channel, particularly on the uh, traditional telecom and agent side of the channel. You you went into this. Uh, you were had an exclusive on the story back in August when he left uh, Intellisys, the scan score scan scores. Easy for me to say, uh, company. And of course, we've been wondering uh, for some time now, just a few weeks, uh, where is he going to land? Right. And we we finally learned that today, and that was at Converge One, where he's going to be the chief revenue officer there. Got a real interesting business model. I don't know if we've got a lot of time to get into that, but I wanted to just sort of get your initial thoughts on um, JD's move to Converge One and, and sort of all of what happened at ScanSource and Intellisys that led up to this. I know we know some and, and we don't know everything, but uh, you know, give me your take. Let me let me play the role of the interviewer here since you've uh, sort of <laughs> this. Um, well, I will say some people were a little surprised. For me. Um, what, what made sense was seeing chief revenue officer that, that JD was, I, I did feel from what I had heard that JD was kind of moving in that trajectory in his mm -hmm. career. You know, he'd had the channel chief role, um, at, at various vendors that, sorry, the channel leader role, um, and that in Intellisys, he'd, he'd gone from, uh, president of Intellisys and he'd moved up into, leading leading a whole unit um the modern communications and cloud unit um and so you know chief revenue officer seems like um seems like a, a move that makes sense in his career trajectory and converge one being sort of like a converge type of partner um you know uh i think that that does make sense given the way converge one is in a lot of different swim lanes and, and yeah. JD has been in a lot of different swim lanes. I mean, he's been, he's been at a, a, a VAR. He's been at yeah. um, a, a DISTI. He's been at a, you know, at, at a TSD yeah. and, and the vendor side. Um, yeah. So vendor being both, both, you know, CenturyLink network and, um, and eight by eight. Eight by eight after that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a there's a sense of like that I think there is a lot that you can bring to bear um working at a partner that sells a, a variety and you know sources and sells and um works with a variety of different vendors. Um particularly mm, yeah. I know uh the interview mentioned um Converge One's relationship with Avaya. And right. so, you know, you there is like some connections there to like the scan source in ecosystem and some of the other folks that um, JD was working at. So I think there's, 
I think there's a good fit there, you know. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. Uh, the Q and A um, also talked about a real cloud push, right? I mean, that's uh, essential uh, in these days. But that uh, that seems to be another focus going forward. But like you said, they've got they've got to play on both sides of, of technology. They've got a, a big uh, traditional communications and collaboration play, as well as uh, managed services. Uh, although they don't uh, pretend to be a managed service provider, uh, he was saying that they do have a big managed services play. So kind of uh, exciting to see that happening. JD has been on this podcast. In fact, I believe he's a three-timer. He may be the only three-timer on this podcast over the past uh, seven years, I believe it is, that uh, uh, Channel Futures has been doing it. So uh, yeah, we like to follow what he's doing and, and, and wish him the best for sure. Yeah, so that, it'll be fun to see, and I, you know, I, I expect certainly there there will be, uh, you know, plenty of plenty of news around um, around Converge One in, in the future, and uh, and certainly we're watching to see um, who replaces him at ScanSource. Um, there's a lot of, lot of folks there that. Um, uh, Is there a lot of scuttlebutt about who it might be? <laughs> you know, there is. I mean, um, lots of different people. I mean, there's there's a lot of different directions they could go. Um, I think that uh, I, I do think that announcement's probably going to be coming in the next month. So, um, I, I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I just wanted to say scuttlebutt. <laughs> No, you're good. You're you're not. You're 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 good. You're well, okay. Good. I've been I've been asking people. I you know I'm I'm curious about it myself. But uh, well, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, you will be the first to let our audience know just as soon as that uh, that is out there. So we'll keep an eye on it. You know, f- fingers crossed, right, Craig? Fingers crossed. You know, always. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Channel Futures Podcast, Coffee with Craig and James. You can, uh, of course, get your podcast just about, you can get this podcast just about anywhere you get your podcast. You'd think I could get this down, James. I say it pretty much every week. (laughs) However, uh, we would appreciate it if you would check us out on our flagship website channelfutures.com. Thanks so much for joining us. We will catch you again next time. Take care of the things you got to take care of, or they're going to take care of you. Mm-hmm.